0: Section three of A Book of Myths. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by James K. White, Chula Vista. A Book of Myths by Jean Lang. Section three Phaeton The Road. To drive on which unskilled were phaeton's hands dante purgatorio to apollo the sun god and clemeny a beautiful ocean nymph there was born in the pleasant land of greece a child to whom was given the name of phaeton the bright and shining one the rays of the sun seemed to live in the curls of the fearless little lad And when at noon other children would seek the cool shade of the cypress groves, Phaeton would hold his head aloft and gaze fearlessly up at the brazen sky from whence fierce heat beat down upon his golden head. Behold, my father drives his chariot across the heavens, he proudly proclaimed. In a little while I also will drive the four snow-white steeds. His elders heard the childish boast with a smile but when a paphos half-brother to apollo had listened to it many times and beheld the child phaeton grow into an arrogant lad who held himself as though he were indeed one of the immortals anger grew in his heart one day he turned upon phaeton and spoke in fierce scorn dost say thou art son of a god a shameless boaster and a liar art thou hast ever spoken to thy divine sire give us some proof of thy sonship no more child of the glorious apollo art thou than are the vermin his children that the sun breeds in the dust at my feet for a moment before the cruel taunt the lad was stricken into silence and then his pride aflame his young voice shaking with rage and with bitter shame he cried aloud thou epaphos art the liar I have but to ask my father, and thou shalt see me drive his golden chariot across the sky. To his mother he hastened, to get balm for his hurt pride, as many a time he had got it for the little bodily wounds of childhood, and with bursting heart he poured forth his story. True it is, he said, that my father has never deigned to speak to me, yet I know, because thou hast told me so, that he is my sire. And now my word is pledged. Apollo must let me drive his steeds, else I am forevermore branded braggart and liar and shamed amongst men. Clymene listened with grief to his complaint. He was so young, so gallant, so foolish. Truly thou art the son of Apollo, she said, and O son of my heart, thy beauty is his, and thy pride the pride of a son of the gods. Yet only partly a god art thou and though thy proud courage would dare all things it were mad folly to think of doing what a god alone can do but at last she said to him not that i can say is of any avail go seek thy father and ask him what thou wilt then she told him how he might find the place in the east where apollo rested ere the labors of the day began and with eager gladness phaeton set out upon his journey a long way he travelled with never a stop yet when the glittering dome and jeweled turrets and minarets of the palace of the sun came into view he forgot his weariness and hastened up the steep ascent to the home of his father phoebus apollo clad in purple that glowed like the radiance of a cloud in the sunset sky sat upon his golden throne the day the month and the year stood by him and beside them were the hours spring was there her head wreathed with flowers summer crowned with ripened grain autumn with his feet empurpled by the juice of the grapes and winter with hair all white and stiff with hoar-frost and when phaeton walked up the golden steps that led to his father's throne It seemed as though incarnate youth had come to join the court of the god of the sun, and that youth was so beautiful a thing that it must surely live forever. Proudly did Apollo know him for his son, and when the boy looked in his eyes with the arrogant fearlessness of boyhood, the god greeted him kindly and asked him to tell him why he came and what was his petition. As to Clymene, so also to Apollo, Phaeton told his tale and his father listened half in pride and amusement half in puzzled vexation when the boy stopped and then breathlessly with shining eyes and flushed cheeks ended up his story with and o light of the boundless world if i am indeed thy son let it be as i have said and for one day only let me drive thy chariot across the heavens apollo shook his head and answered very gravely in truth thou art my dear son he said and by the dreadful sticks the river of the dead i swear that i will give thee any gift that thou dost name and that will give proof that thy father is the immortal apollo but never to thee nor to any other be he mortal or immortal shall i grant the boon of driving my chariot but the boy pled on i am shame forever my father he said surely thou wouldst not have son of thine proved liar and braggart not even the gods themselves can do this thing answered apollo nay not even the almighty zeus none but i phoebus apollo may drive the flaming chariot of the sun for the way is beset with dangers and none know it but i only tell me the way my father cried phaeton so soon i could learn half in sadness apollo smiled the first part of the way is uphill he said so steep it is that only very slowly can my horses climb it high in the heavens is the middle so high that even i grow dizzy when i look down upon the earth and the sea and the last piece of the way is a precipice that rushes so steeply downward that my hands can scarce check the mad rush of my galloping horses and all the while the heaven is spinning round and the stars with it by the horns of the bull i have to drive past the archer whose bow is taut and ready to slay close to where the scorpion stretches out its arms and the great crab's claws grope for a prey i fear none of these things o my father cried phaeton grant that for one day only i drive thy white-maned steeds very pitifully apollo looked at him and for a little space he was silent the little human hands he said at length the little human frame and with them the soul of a god the pity of it my son dost not know that the boon that thou dost crave from me is death rather death than dishonor said phaeton and proudly he added for once would i drive like the god my father i have no fear so was apollo vanquished and phaeton gained his heart's desire from the courtyard of the palace the four white horses were led and they pawed the air and neighed aloud in the glory of their strength they drew the chariot whose axle and pole and wheels were of gold with spokes of silver while inside were rows of diamonds and of chrysolites that gave dazzling reflection of the sun then apollo anointed the face of phaeton with a powerful essence that might keep him from being smitten by the flames and upon his head he placed the rays of the sun and then the stars went away even to the day star that went last of all and at apollo's signal aurora the rosy fingered threw open the purple gates of the east And Phaeton saw a path of pale rose colour open before him. With a cry of exultation, the boy leaped into the chariot and laid hold of the golden reins. Barely did he hear Apollo's parting words Hold fast the reins, and spare the whip. All thy strength will be wanted to hold the horses in. Go not too high nor too low. The middle course is safest and best. Follow, if thou canst, In the old tracks of my chariot wheels his glad voice of thanks for the godlike boon rang back to where apollo stood and watched him vanishing into the dawn that still was soft in hue as the feathers on the breast of a dove uphill at first the white steeds made their way and the fire from their nostrils tinged with flame color the dark clouds that hung over the land and the sea with rapture phaeton felt that truly he was the son of a god and that at length he was enjoying his heritage the day for which through all his short life he had longed had come at last he was driving the chariot whose progress even now was awakening the sleeping earth the radiance from its wheels and from the rays he wore round his head was painting the clouds and he laughed aloud in rapture as he saw far down below the sea and the rivers he had bathed in as a human boy mirroring the green and rose and purple and gold and silver and fierce crimson that he phaeton was placing in the sky the gray mist rolled from the mountain tops at his desire the white fog rolled up from the valleys all living things awoke the flowers opened their petals the grain grew golden the fruit grew ripe Could but a Paphos see him now? Surely he must see him, and realize that not Apollo, but Phaeton, was guiding the horses of his father, driving the chariot of the sun. Quicker and yet more quick grew the pace of the white-maned steeds. Soon they left the morning breezes behind, and very soon they knew that these were not the hands of the god, their master, that held the golden reins. Like an airship without its accustomed ballast, the chariot rolled unsteadily and not only the boy's light weight but his light hold on their bridles made them grow mad with a lust for speed the white foam flew from their mouths like the spume from the giant waves of a furious sea and their pace was swift as that of a bolt that is cast by the arm of zeus yet phaeton had no fear and when they heard him shout in rapture quicker still brave ones more swiftly still it made them speed onwards madly blindly with the headlong rush of a storm there was no hope for them to keep on the beaten track and soon phaeton had his rapture checked by the terrible realization that they had strayed far out of the course and that his hands were not strong enough to guide them close to the great bear and the little bear they passed and these were scorched with heat The serpent, which, torpid, chilly, and harmless, lies coiled around the North Pole, felt a warmth that made it grow fierce and harmful again. Downward, ever downward, galloped the maddened horses, and soon Phaeton saw the sea as a shield of molten brass, and the earth so near that all things on it were visible. When they passed the scorpion, and only just missed destruction from its menacing fangs, fear entered into the boy's heart. His mother had spoken truth, he was only partly a god, and he was very, very young. In impotent horror, he tugged at the reins to try to check the horse's descent. Then, forgetful of Apollo's warning, he smote them angrily. But anger met anger, and the fury of the immortal steeds had scorn for the wrath of a mortal boy. With a great toss of their mighty heads, they had torn the guiding reins from his grasp, And as he stood giddily swaying from side to side phaeton knew that the boon he had craved from his father must in truth be death for him and lo it was a hideous death for with eyes that were like flames that burned his brain the boy beheld the terrible havoc that his pride had wrought that blazing chariot of the sun made the clouds smoke and dried up all the rivers and water springs fire burst from the mountain tops great cities were destroyed the beauty of the earth was ravished woods and meadows and all green and pleasant places were laid waste the harvests perished the flocks and they who had herded them lay dead over libya the horses took him and the desert of libya remains a barren wilderness to this day while those sturdy ethiopians who survived Are black even now as a consequence of that cruel heat the nile changed its course in order to escape and nymphs and nereids, in terror sought for the sanctuary of some watery place that had escaped destruction the face of the burned and blackened earth where the bodies of thousands of human beings lay charred to ashes cracked and sent dismay to pluto by the lurid light that penetrated even to his throne All this Phaeton saw saw in impotent agony of soul his boyish folly and pride had been great but the excruciating anguish that made him shed tears of blood was indeed a punishment even too heavy for an erring god from the havoc around her the earth at last looked up and with blackened face and blinded eyes and in a voice that was harsh and very very weary she called to Zeus to look down from Olympus And behold the ruin that had been wrought by the chariot of the sun. And Zeus, the cloud gatherer, looked down and beheld. And at the sight of that piteous devastation, his brow grew dark, and terrible was his wrath against him who had held the reins of the chariot. Calling upon Apollo and all the other gods to witness him, he seized a lightning bolt, and for a moment the deathless Zeus and all the dwellers in Olympus. Looked on the fiery chariot in which stood the swaying, slight, lithe figure of a young lad, blinded with horror, shaken with agony. Then from his hand Zeus cast the bolt, and the chariot was dashed into fragments, and Phaeton, his golden hair ablaze, fell like a bright shooting star from the heavens above into the river Eridanus. The steeds returned to their master Apollo, and in rage and grief, apollo lashed them angrily too and very rebelliously did he speak of the punishment meted to his son by the ruler of the immortals yet in truth the punishment was a merciful one phaeton was only half a god and no human life were fit to live after the day of dire anguish that had been his bitter was the mourning of clemeny over her beautiful only son and so ceaselessly did his three sisters the heliades weep for their brother that the gods turned them into poplar trees that grew by the bank of the river and when still they wept their tears turned into precious amber as they fell yet another mourned for phaeton phaeton dead ere his prime Cucnus, king of liguria had dearly loved the gallant boy And again and yet again he dived deep in the river, and brought forth the charred fragments of what had once been the beautiful son of a god, and gave to them honourable burial. Yet he could not rest satisfied that he had won all that remained of his friend from the river's bed, and so he continued to haunt the stream, ever diving, ever searching, until the gods grew weary of his restless sorrow, and changed him into a swan and still we see the swan sailing mournfully along like a white-sailed bark that is bearing the body of a king to its rest and ever and anon plunging deep into the water as though the search for the boy who would fain have been a god were never to come to an end to phaeton the italian niades reared a tomb and inscribed on the stone these words driver of Phoebus's chariot phaeton struck by Jove's thunder rests beneath this stone he could not rule his father's car of fire yet was it much so nobly to aspire. Ovid end of Phaeton. recording by James K. White. Chula Vista.